Welcome to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is scleral contact lenses in the pediatric population, indications and outcomes. It is my pleasure to welcome our host, Dr. Dave Kading, our topical editor, Dr. Andrew Pucker, and our topical expert, Dr. Lindsay Six. And now I'd like to turn it over to Dr. Kading. Thank you for joining us with the American Academy of Optometry. Today, we're uh, joined by the lovely Dr. Lindsay Six from uh, the Illinois College of Optometry, an associate professor and an incredible contributor to the Academy. Dr. Six, you have recently uh, taken a gander and a look over scleral lenses in the pediatric population, indications and outcomes. Uh, certainly an interesting topic, as I think some of us uh, hesitate in the scleral lenses with our pediatric patients. What can you tell us about this publication? Yeah, I mean, I think this topic is really important. It's something we don't have a lot of in the literature right now. So I was really happy to see um, this paper and kind of look at this review of cases from, from this um, center. So, you know, I commonly fit scleral lenses in adults for keratoconus, irregular corneas, ocular surface disease. We obviously want to improve vision. We want to provide comfort. We want to protect the ocular surface. And I hadn't really, you know, considered why I fit scleral lenses in pediatric patients. Um, obviously, it's it's a nice addition to our toolbox. But this paper really highlights um, that indication for scleral lenses in our pediatric population, especially those who have uh, keratoconus or ocular surface disease. So really for our most challenging patients, which includes a lot of times our pediatric patients, scleral lenses can help avoid the need for pediatric penetrating keratoplasty, which we know is of higher risk anyway, and can also um, improve vision to avoid those amblyogenic factors um, when, when kiddos aren't corrected. So really a, a really interesting um, overlook what? here. So, so tell us a little bit about the ages in this particular group. You know, thinking about pediatrics, are these people that are 18 and 17 years of age? Is that kind of where it's centered or are we talking younger kids here? Yeah, the range was uh, 15 months to, I believe, 14 years. So, you know, oh. maybe a little bit on the, the lower end of, of when we might diagnose keratoconus. But um, these are certainly, you know, our younger, younger patients that included yeah. some fake patients. And... Well, I know your patient, your practice and my practice tends to be very focused on keratoconus, but yet I don't see a ton of early keratoconus patients, fortunately. And I think that, you know, when one comes along, it kind of brings up this question is, you know, should we consider uh, one type of lens over another? And, you know, based on what you saw here, scleral lens is a, a reasonable option for kids. Yeah, they were able to get, you know, really good topographies and measurements on, I believe all of, I think they said all the keratoconus patients were age 11 and up. So mm -hmm. um, those are obviously, you know, on the, the, the end where they're able to kind of sit in an instrument and get anterosagal CTs and, and topographies and the like. But um, you know, certainly we have less invasive therapies, corneal cross-linking, we can stabilize their cornea, um, and scleral lenses are just another tool that we can use to kind of 
stave off having to, to refer patients for penetrating keratoplasty. Yeah, what would uh, what would kind of fall into uh, into an indication of utilizing a scleral lens over something else? Yeah, there were two big indications in this study. Um, one was irregular cornea, which were, were keratoconus patients, and then the other was, uh, it, which they kind of classified as um, refractive error correction. Um, so any irregular cornea. And then the second group was really for protection. So patients with uh, neurotrophic keratitis or mm. um, severe blepharoconjunctivitis, um, where they really needed that protection of the ocular surface that a scleral lens provides. And they found also very interestingly that the patients that wore the lens for keratoconus, which was for vision improvement, actually had a higher retention rate than patients that wore it for ocular surface disease. Interesting. Do you have any guesses as to why that is? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, I don't think they really laid out the factors, but um, I think one would be motivation in terms of vision, right? They need that lens to see better. So I think there's more motivation to wear it. And then I think something we fight with even in adults, which is the kind of fogging and mucus debris and keeping a lens comfortable that comes along with patients who wear these lenses for ocular surface disease is, is probably a, a confounding factor for that kind of second subset of patients. Yeah. Well, I certainly think that, you know, teaching uh, a child to ride a bicycle or teaching an adult to ride a bicycle is once you once you know how to do it, you're good to go. Uh, there's st studies that talk about children and contact lenses and the biggest difference between fitting a child or a teenager with contact lenses is the amount of time with insertion and training. You know, is there something in the study that talked about, you know, challenges with kids with insertion and removal compared to, you know, an older population? Um, they had kind of a dedicated uh, trainer, which they thanked at the end of the page paper, which was very nice. Um, <laughs> but as it, they should. Yes, correct. Yes. Um, but they there's a lot of help that went along with it. Right. It wasn't. Yeah. Very often, you know, especially in the younger patients, it was it was the parent or the caregiver that they were training on how to get the lens in and out. Um, you know, I don't think they timed it or anything. Um, mm -hmm. That would be an interesting study if you're looking for something else to do. Um, but <laughs> they really just kind of trained the parents to say, okay, let's wear them for waking hours. In infants and kids, they could keep them in place for naps. Um, and they did note that there were some of their patients that were able to apply and remove the lenses on their own. So I kind of think of it like ortho K, right? If, if the, if the patient can take ownership of it and they can do it and they can just be observed by the parent, that's great. But there's also an element of, we really want these kiddos to be corrected and prevent that amblyopia and protect their ocular surface. So if the parent has to step in and do it, then they have to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Six, for uh, joining us for this podcast. We, we appreciate uh, your perspectives on this uh, publication. And thank you for joining us for this podcast. We hope you join us again next time. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen.